Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Genesis 32, and start reading at verse 24. I feel a word from the Lord this morning. Praise God. And Jacob was left alone. Man, I feel that. You know, there's sometimes God just separates us. Amen. How many know that he does his best work in us when we are by ourselves? There wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Somebody say, he's, he's fighting wounded. But he's still fighting. And he said, let me go for the break." The day breaketh, and he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hath prevailed. Amen. Notice that when the Lord was going to bless Jacob, he gave him a new name. When he was going to bless him, he spoke a name of promise into his life. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. A crisis of identity. A crisis of identity. I wonder if we could lay our Bibles down. Just lift our hands to the Lord. Just you and him right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your voice unto the Lord today. What do you need him to do for you? Come on, pray for the preacher this morning. Give me eyes to see, ears to hear. Let that be the prayer of our heart. A heart that can be understanding of your word, Lord. Help me to receive from you today, God. I pray that you would say what needs to be said, that you would do what needs to be done. God, that you would do, have your will and your way in this service, Lord. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Clap your hands one more time. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. There was, there's some things that have been on my spirit for about a week, and um, this morning uh, I woke up, man, I was tired last night, and uh, I was sore and tired, 
And I thought, man, I'm going to have a hard time getting up in the morning. And so I, I set my alarm, but about 4.15, snapped out of sleep, wide awake. I'm like, no. How many, how, how many have ever done that? You, you're reaching for your sleep, right? Your body's tired, but all of a sudden your mind is awake and aware. That's a gift at that time, an hour of the day. It really is. It doesn't seem like it is, but I believe that in those moments of time, uh, if you read in the Bible, the Bible called it the fourth watch of the night. And if you ever look at it in the fourth watch of the night, how many know that's when the Lord came walking on the water, when the, when the disciples were in the boat on the fourth watch of the night. Amen. The, the fourth watch of the night is between the hours of two and five. And so it's, it's early in the morning. And how many know that when people are resting, the spirit world a lot of times is resting as well? Come on, somebody. There are moments in that hour that God can speak to us that he can't speak to us at other times of the day. Somebody say amen. In those times, that's when, that's when the, the mind is most rested. That's when you're, 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 you're in a place of receptivity with God. And uh, God always waits for moments to speak to us when we're ready to receive what he has. Amen. Somebody say amen. And so I was, I, was re I, was, I was stirring and I kept tossing back and forth and, and up and down. And, and uh, I couldn't get away from it. I tried to go to sleep, but I couldn't. And so finally, I just got up. Elbow your neighbor and say, just get up. Amen. Becca was probably thinking, would you get up and quit shaking the bed around and tossing and turning? I rolled back and forth, I bet, 15, 20 times from one side to the other. But it wasn't the position I was laying in. Amen. There was no, uh, God wasn't going to let me go back to sleep because he had something to say. Come on, somebody. Amen. And we need, to, we need to be ready to receive when God wants to speak. We need to be ready and, and aware and alert and say, you know what? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up and let God speak what he wants to say. Somebody say amen. amen. And so as I was laying there, the Lord began to say some things to me that, uh, that he's really never said to me before. And uh, I was enriched in my spirit. And one of the things was this. Um, an identity crisis occurs when a person doesn't know who they are. Or they identify themselves as something they are not. Those are not my words. That did not come from me. Amen. That came from the Lord. I didn't look that up in a book. Come on, I didn't get that from some author. I believe that the Lord spoke those things to me. Amen. If you're a person that don't, doesn't know who you are, or you're trying to be something that you're not, amen, or not supposed to be, you're going at some point to have a crisis of identity. There's going to be at some point, there's going to be a lot of question and uncertainty in your mind about where you're at, what you're doing, what job you're working. Come on. Uh, the person you're in a relationship with. There's going to be a crisis of every area of your life because of the 
uncertainty of not knowing who you are. Amen. I believe that we got to know who we are. We got to know where we came from and we got to know what we were created to be. Come on. And God is available today to give you that information. Amen. And so I got my Google this morning <laughs> and I looked up identity crisis. Okay. And this is what it says. It is a development event that involves a person questioning their sense of self or place in the world. This concept originates in the work of Eric Erickson, who believed that the formation of identity was one of the most important conflicts that people face today. Amen. Well, I want to tell you today that that idea didn't originate with Eric Erickson. Amen. I can find it in the Bible. Come on, somebody say amen. An identity crisis does cause a person to question their self or their place in the world. But the reason they're questioning their place in the world is because they don't know who they are. They don't know who their father is and they don't know who they were made to be. Amen. Most people think that uh, finding their place is finding an occupation. Come on, an occupation that suits their strengths and abilities and is very profitable to them financially. We call these people, when they find their place, successful people. Come on, the more money they make, the more successful that we deem them to be. Come on, we buy their books, we listen to their advice as if they have, have it all figured out. They identify themselves by what they do or what they have accomplished. That type of identity is empty and at some point will fail. Amen. Because at some point we come to the end of our wisdom or our own ability to dictate circumstances. At some point in your life, you're going to come up against a circumstance that you don't have the answer for, that you don't have the strength to overcome, and that your money won't buy your way out of. Come on, somebody. At some point, there's going to be an end to that type of identity. At some point, you're going to have to reach for something more powerful from the power of this world. You're going to have to reach for your creator, the one that created you and is the only one that can speak you out of it. Somebody say amen. Some people think that finding a mate or spouse, husband or wife is finding their place or their identity. Depending on that person to tell them who they are. And give them a sense of belonging and purpose. Only if I can find someone from the opposite sex to accept me, then I can accept myself. Finding identity in someone else or what someone else wants or desires of us is going to create in us a level of uncertainty because we never truly know who we are. We're always trying to be somebody else to please somebody else. Come on, somebody. But Jesus, the, the word of the Lord tells us that if we become the servants of men, then we are not the servants of Christ. 
Amen. But what happens if that person quits liking who we become or that person changes on what they like or what they want? And now we have to become something else to keep that person in our life. At some point, that type of identity is going to come to an end and it's going to fail. It's going to be empty because relationships built on uncertainty are going to end up in despair. Come on. Relationships built on anything other than the word of God and the righteousness of God's word are going to fail. Amen. We have to reach for something deeper than people. Amen. The generation that we're living in, they want to identify themselves. Somebody say amen. Whatever they want or desire to be, they think they can be it. If you're a man and you want to be a woman, this generation will look past all the common sense. They'll look past all of the birthright. Come on. They'll look past the way that they were made by God. Male, female, created, he, them. Come on. Wonderful and purposeful in the place or the identities that God has created you to be. Come on, somebody. We dance around it in our generation. We don't want to talk about it, but understand a man's a man and a woman is a woman. That's the way God's created. A man can't stand up and say, I want. Amen. It's, it's the way it is. Uh, that's the word. I didn't write it. Amen. There's a difference between a man and a woman. How many know these two became one flesh? The only way that we can be reunited with another person and become one with them is through the unification of marriage in the sight of God. And he binds us together in a commitment and a covenant of marriage. And we become one, male and female. Amen. That's the only way it can happen. That's the only way we can reproduce. That's the only way that the human race continues. Amen. You know, I can decide that I want to be a horse. And we laugh. But it's not funny. It's real. This is the generation that we're living in. Amen. I did people wanting to identify themselves the way they want to identify themselves. But any identification that comes out of my own mind or out of my own heart. How many know the heart of man is desperately wicked above all things who can know it? I can't decide who I am out of my own heart. It's not right with God. Amen. My identity has to come from the Father. My identity has to come from the hands and the mind of the one that created me only then am I going to have strength of character and understanding who I am somebody say amen we need a father somebody say we need a father I need a father to tell me who I am 
Come on, I need my daddy, my creator, to tell me who I am. I need, I need him to whisper in my ear. I need him to give me a word from the throne. I need him to tell me why he created me and what he purposed for my life. Come on, if I'm going to withstand the mountains and the storms and the circumstances of this life, i got to have more than my human strength. i got to have a word from the Lord. i got to have purpose from the throne. Amen. That's why there's so much confusion. I bind the spirit of confusion. Amen. Amen. We're going to preach the word of God. We're going to preach it straight and we're going to preach it with love. But we're going to preach the word of God because the truth. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The only thing that's going to cause you to be free is truth. It's the word of God going forth. It's the true unerrant word of the the living God. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Jacob was a person of crisis. If you read through his life, he was always trying to find his place. If you know the story of Jacob, you know, you know about Esau. Esau was his older brother. Jacob was born a couple seconds behind Esau. They were twin brothers. The Bible says that when Esau was born, that Jacob had a hold of his heel. When the first baby came out, he came out with a hand attached to him. As if to say, oh no you don't. Right? As if to say, you're not getting one step ahead of me. I got a hold of you. You're not going anywhere without me. Come on. You're not, you're not beating me. Amen. Back in that day, the firstborn was very important. The firstborn son was the son that would receive the blessing of the father. The firstborn son was the one that would receive the double portion of the inheritance. He was the one that would receive the land. He was the one that would be in charge of the family and call the shots. He was the one responsible for making all the decisions. Come on. The firstborn son, it was, a, it was a very good place to be. Amen. He was the one that the father would lay his hand on and he would bless them and give him the inheritance of the father. Amen. How many know everything the father possessed would be passed down under the control of the firstborn son. Amen. Well, in this situation, Esau was the firstborn. But Jacob had a hold of his heel. And so when Jacob was born, Esau was born. They called him uh, Esau because he was hairy. They called him Harry. Something came to my mind to say, but I'm not going to say it. That's, I know it wasn't from the Holy Ghost. <laughs> His name was Harry because he was Harry. Jacob's name means to supplant, right? The supplanter or to to try to get one up on, to, 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 to try to cheat out of or get ahead of, right? He's, uh, it, was, it was what he was named. He was named something by what happened at his birth. 
Amen. He took on that name by uh, things that he didn't necessarily have control of, right? He was called Jacob. How many know he carried that name his whole life? Amen. He was a, he, he was a, he was a conniver. Amen. He was always trying to get one up on, his, on, on the people around him. If you read the story, it was a constant cycle in Jacob's life. Amen. He was always trying to not be Jacob. Come on, somebody. He was always trying to get in the lead. He was always trying to be the man. He was always trying to outlive his name. Amen. He, how many have ever tried to outlive your name? You've gotten a name that you didn't want to get, and you've gotten a reputation that you didn't want to have, and you've spent your whole life trying to outlive it. Amen. But how many knows that the only way that you can get past that name is through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the power of the resurrection of the Son of God? Amen. Jacob uh, was one that he dwelled around the tents, the Bible says. Esau was a hunter. Esau was a man's man. We're hunters. That's something manly about hunting. We're buck hunters. <laughs> hey, we were talking the other day, and, and Mason said, well, now if we could just become buck killers, you know. Hunting them's one thing, but killing them's that's a whole nother challenge. Amen. Esau was a hunter. He was good at hunting. He was uh, uh, he was he was good with his bow. He was he was good with tracking down the deer. He was he was good at it. Jacob dwelled around the tents. He'd learned to survive to survive in other ways. He wasn't actually a real manly man. Amen. He wasn't a take charge kind of guy. How many know that Esau had the affection of his father, but, but Jacob had the affection of his mother. He was a mama's boy. <laughs> How many of your mama's boys were yet? There's a couple honest souls in the house. I'm a mama's boy. She's got six of them. She said, she's only got six. Only seven, that's right. She's got one sitting next to her this morning. <laughs> that's awesome. If you haven't been coming here very long, you missed that joke. because The father was getting ready to pass Isaac. And he wanted to pass the blessing down to his son, Esau. And so he told Esau, I want you to go. First, hold on a minute, I got ahead of myself. One day Esau's out hunting. And he comes in, he can't find any food. Amen. He can't find any sustenance. He can't find anything to satisfy him. Okay. He comes in, he's weary. He's tired. Okay, he's, he's been hunting. He's, he's come up empty. Amen. He's, 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 uh, uh, th there are times in our life where, where uh, we're hunting for what we want or desire, but we just can't get it. How many know what I'm talking about? 
There are times that, that we get weary from life. There are times that we get tired, we get weak because we can't seem to get what we need or what we think that we need. Come on, somebody. How many know that Esau was hunting for something that he thought that he needed, but he couldn't find it? Amen. And, and he, he, he came back into the camp, and there's Jacob cooking some beans. Esau sits down by the fire. He's like, Starts blowing the smell of the beans over towards Esau. How many know when you can't find what you think you need, there will be a presentation of something that's lesser than God's purpose for your life, but you'll accept it because you're empty and hungry. You'll accept it because you're weak and you haven't gotten what you thought that you needed. Come on. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Don't accept something less in your weak moment because God has a purpose for your life. Amen. Uh, Jacob said, oh, you want a bowl of beans? He's like, you know I want a bowl of beans. That's not exa exactly what he said. but uh, This is brother talk. He's like, okay. Give me your birthright. Esau sits there for a minute. And I can see him just scowling at Jacob. Because Jacob's always up to something. I'm pretty hungry. Dad's not even sick. Right? Dad's going to live forever. I, what good's that birthright if I die of hunger? How many have ever rationalized your decisions based on what wasn't happening in your life? Come on, it's not happening this way, so I'm going to do it my way. Come on, some, be careful of making decisions based on what's not happening in your life. Because every time that you do that, you will settle for less than what God has purposed for your life. And so Esau made a pact with Jacob and said, I'm going to give you my birthright. The birthright is the firstborn mantle, wearing that what the father is getting ready to pass down. The birthright speaks about the future. The birthright's not about right now. It's about your future. Come on. It's about what's going to happen and what God's going to do. Come on. It's about what daddy is going to pass down to you. Don't give up what the father has for you because it hasn't happened yet. Don't let go of the calling upon your life just because you're not preaching or you're not anointed yet. Don't give up on what God is going to do based on what's not happening. Hold on to the birthright. Hold on to the blessing. God will do it in His time. He'll do it in His time. He said, okay, give me a bowl of beans. The birthright's yours. Jacob gave him an extra scoop. Here you go. Amen. He connived his older brother out of the birthright. Okay. Esau, having been the firstborn, was never supposed to lose out on that. 
He was never supposed to, to not be the firstborn. But how many know that there was a prophetic word that went forth that God knew that the older would serve the younger. Amen. That there would be a, a choice, a decision in Esau's life where he would trade what God had purposed for his life for something of, of minuscule value, for something that only lasts for a minute. How many, how long does a bowl of beans last? Depends on who you're talking to. It would take my wife an hour to eat a bowl of beans. She eats slow. But Luke, you know, I mean, 20 seconds? And then in two minutes, he's hungry again. Right? So we all understand that we can identify a, a, a bad investment. Right? We can identify a bad choice. That Listen, that birthright's worth a lot more than that bowl of beans. Come on. But when you're coming in a situation where you're tired and you're hungry and you're not getting what you want and it never seems to work out and the call of God never seems to come and that mate never seems to come or that job never seems to come and so we settle for something that God never purposed for us to have because we're too, we're, we're too caught up in our own feelings to really push through those moments in our lives. I want to tell you, if you're going to get the promise of God and it's going to come to pass in your life. You're going to have to hold on through some hard times. You're going to have to hold on to the promise of God even when it looks like it's not going to happen. Even when it feels like it's not going to come to pass. But Esau lost out. Word came to the tent that Isaac was sick and he was getting ready to die. And he's calling for Esau so that he can pass down the blessing. You see, Isaac didn't know that Jacob bought the birthright from Esau for a bowl of beans. But the mama come to Jacob and said, hey, it's time. It's time to go get the blessing. Okay, it's time. The, the, he's sick. He's blind. He won't know it's you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to kill a goat. We're going to make some soup with it because he likes it that way. And we're going to cut the, the hide off of the goat. <laughs> and we're going to put it on the back of your hands and on the back of your neck. Because Esau is basically like an animal. Nobody even laughed. He's so hairy. That I can put goat's hair on the back of my neck and it can feel like him. Wow. Somebody say, wow. That's one hairy dude. Thank God for barbers. And razors. And clippers. Enjoying myself. <laughs> Jacob brings the bowl of soup. He's got the hair on. He comes in with Esau's robe on. He says, Here I am, Father. <clears throat> Here I am, Father. 
I just picture Esau having a real deep voice and Jacob being a little bit. Hi. <laughs> Dad, I got your suit. I just thought that this is on live stream. <laughs> it just crossed my mind just now. I'm sorry, everybody. <sighs> Dad, here I am. I got your suit. He's like, come a little closer, son, because just don't sound right to me. Jacob comes a little bit closer. And he's like, a little closer, son. Reaches up and gets a hold of the back of his neck. Feels that fur. Well, it feels like Esau's. Read it. Yep, that's Esau. <laughs> Smells like Esau. He's wearing Esau's robe. He probably dragged it out of the dirty laundry. Smelled like B.O. Yep, that's Esau. You smell like Esau and you feel like Esau, but the voice seems like the voice of Jacob. He began to bless him with the firstborn blessing. Amen. He began to bless him as Esau. Amen. He's blessing him as somebody that he's not. He's giving him words. See, he snuck in there and trying, weaseled his way in to get that blessing. Amen. But now the father is speaking to him about somebody else's future. Come on. He's speaking to him about somebody else's life, about somebody else's future. Amen. And Jacob's whole existence, he fought with the idea of trying to become what his father said that he was going to be. Amen. Because the father didn't know it was Jacob. He thought it was Esau. Come on, somebody. How many know that Esau came in afterwards and said, Here I am, Father. I got your soup. And he's like, Hold on a minute. You were just here. What? Right? You were just here. I gave the blessing to somebody else. Esau was wroth. Ah! I'm going to kill him. Amen. I'm going to kill that. Ooh. Come on. You got brothers. You know. Come on, Matt. <laughs> how, do, how dare he try to weasel in here, that little weasel. Come on. He was mad. He was angry. And he said, Father, do you have a blessing for me? Yeah, I got one. It's not the one you want. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's not the one that you're seeking after. Amen. Because I already gave that to, to Jacob. 
He's carrying that blessing. Amen. Jacob went out carrying the blessing, but he's still called Jacob. Right? He's carrying Esau's blessing, but that blessing wasn't necessarily meant for him. It was meant for Esau. Amen. The words spoke were not necessarily meant for him. They were meant for Esau. Come on, somebody. But how many know that Jacob went out carrying that blessing, but in order to understand, to walk in the blessing, he had to, he had to understand who he was supposed to be. He had to understand that God knew that he would be in that position, and God knew that at some point in his life that he would have to speak the promise to him specifically. Amen. Jacob wrestled with his identity his whole life. Somebody say amen. How many know that when he went to work for Laban, he's like, I want, I want Rachel. He's like, all right, work for me for seven years and I'll give you Rachel. That's a high price to pay. He worked for seven years and he got Leah. Could you imagine be there that being in that tent the next morning? Some of you don't even know. I mean, Rachel was beautiful, but Leah, she was ugly. Read the Bible. But the father knew he had to marry the firstborn out, out first. And so he snuck her in on Jacob. The supplanter got supplanted. I mean, that's what happens. Hey, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. You live by the pistol, you die by the smoking gun. You, you cheat in life, you're going to be cheated. Anyway. He married Leah. He had his wedding night with her. She had a veil on when he was marrying her. He woke up the next morning and he's like, Ah! What are you doing in my bed? Man, the Bible's got some great stories. It's like a soap opera sometimes. He runs out, what'd you do to me? I had to marry the, my firstborn daughter. Nobody else is going to marry her. I had to trick you. Work another seven years and I'll give you Rachel. What a life. Amen. Jacob. Working for Laban. Amen. They make a deal. You take the ones without the spots, I'll take the ones with the spots. Amen. Jacob starts breeding everything with spots. To, 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 to things that don't have spots. And all his are having spots. All the ones that's being born are having spots. He figured out how to work it. And all his flocks begin to multiply. And he began to grow and have all the flocks. And Laban's like, hold on a minute here. We're going to change this deal. Right? And Jacob figured out a way to manipulate it again to try to get what he wanted. That's what his life consisted of, his whole life. He's trying to get ahead. He's trying to prove who he is. He's trying to do it his own way to get the blessing. Somebody say amen. There come a moment when Jacob, he left out of Laban's house, his father-in-law. I mean, you know, Laban came after him, chasing him down, wanting to try to I don't know. You're not taking my, my, my girls and my grandchildren. What are you doing? Leaving. You got to stay here. Jacob's like, no way, man. I, I got to make my own life. I got to do my own thing. I got to go my own way. I'm not staying here. They, they finally made a pact together. Uh, uh, 
Laban said, you know what? We're, we need to make a covenant that you're going to treat my, my, my kids right. You're going to treat my grandchildren right. You're going to do them right. We're going to make a covenant that, that, that everything that you do is going to, it's going to be before God. You need to know that, that he's watching you. Jacob made the covenant with him. Amen. He went out away from Laban, and he came, from the, came to the brook Jabbok. And he knew he was close to where Esau was at. Esau wanted to kill Jacob. You remember that, right? It's been some years since he's seen Esau. And Esau, he don't know how Esau feels about him. And he's in a place in his life where his past is coming back to haunt him. Because while he was at Laban's house, he was under the protection of that. But once he got out on his own, trying to find his own place, come on, trying to work his way back into the blessing, amen, he comes into conflict with Esau again. And he comes to the brook and, and he takes his children over and his wives and, and everybody that's with him, he takes them over, over the river but he goes back on the other side by himself. Amen. He's all alone at this moment in his life. And he knows that his future is going to be dictated by whether or not Esau receives him or rejects him. Amen. He knows in his mind that if Esau is still mad at me, I'm a dead man. That's his thought process. Amen. He's thinking, you know, uh, with what I've done in the past, uh, if Esau don't receive me, I'm a dead man. I, I'm a, he, he's going to kill me, and, and he's going to kill my children. He's going to kill my wives. He's going to take everything that I have. Amen. How many know that that's a man with an identity crisis? He's got the hand of God on his life. Come on. He's the firstborn in the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Come on, the covenant of God rests upon him, the future of God, the lineage, the bloodline of the Messiah. It all rests upon him. And he's concerned about what Esau, his older brother, is going to do to him. He's concerned about what he's going to lose, what he's going to have to do to keep it. He don't even understand who he is. He starts sending out flocks, sending messengers to Esau. Go see. Go talk to Esau. See how he feels. Amen. We'll, we'll separate in two bands. And if, if he kills one band, the other band will get away. Come on. Maybe he'll receive all these hundreds of sheep and cattle. And he just starts sending all of his resources to appease somebody that's not even mad at him. Trying to do it himself. Amen. He's trying to... He's trying to uh, Preserve his own life. <laughs> you know, you know, we we've done enough wrong in our lives that we feel like that we have to do all this to to preserve our future. You know, we we, we want to do what we can to try to preserve our future. We we want to. 
Uh, we we want to try to remedy or make up for the things that we've done wrong for by doing all this good to try to maybe God will preserve me because because I'm I'm doing this or I'm doing that or uh, I'm, you're trying to do it yourself is what you're trying to do. Amen. And anytime you're trying to do it yourself, you still don't know who you are. Jacob says, uh, sending them all out. He's alone at night. And the Lord comes to him in the form of a man. Wrestles with him. All night long. Has anybody ever wrestled with God? I have. Has anybody ever wrestled with the Lord? When God shows up in your life, it's not to hurt you. It's not to make your life worse. It's not to give you something that's not valuable. Come on. When God comes into your situation and starts dealing with you about what you're doing and who you are and what you should be, come on. He's not trying to make you worse off. He's trying to turn your life around. Come on. He's trying to get you understand to understand that His love and His purpose for your life is greater than anything that you can come up against. His grace and His mercy for your life and His word for your future is greater than anything that you could have ever done in your past. Come on. Jacob's wrestling with his past, the decisions that he made, and what his future is going to be. And the Lord is trying to get him to understand you're more than just a man. Come on. You are more to me than just sheep and cattle. You're more to me than just those wives and children. There is eternal purpose residing on the inside of you. You're more than just a nobody. Come on. You're more than just a supplanter. You have more to offer than what you've been seeing or what you possess. You have a future. It became close to the break of day. Amen. It's in the nighttime that we wrestle with God. Somebody say amen. Am I boring you this morning? It's in the dark hours that we wrestle with the Lord. Come on. It's in the, when I say nighttime, I'm not necessarily talking about midnight. Amen. But when life's obscure, when you can't see clear, come on, when darkness is settled upon your life and you don't know which way to go, when, when, when things happen that you, di- you couldn't dictate or that you don't understand, come on, when circumstances rise up that you can't control and you don't have the power over, come on, and you can't make a decision that's going to change the outcome of whatever's going to happen, come on, it's in those moments in our lives that we wrestle with God, come on, I don't understand why it's 
happening this way. I don't understand why I got to go through what I'm going through. I don't understand why I feel so inadequate. I don't understand why I feel like I don't have what I need. I don't understand why I feel so empty and lost. I don't understand why I feel like I'm with people, but I feel like I'm by myself. Come on. I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. Come on. Every time that the saints of God reach for that place, you are wrestling with a God of eternity. You're wrestling with a God that can change your future because who you've been is not who he purposed for you to be. And there's a revelation for your future that he wants you to get a hold of. Amen. You can't live one more day as that supplanter or that thief. I got more for your life. Somebody say amen. You're not going to live one more day as an addict or somebody struggling with addiction or drugs or sex. Come on, somebody. God's got a future. It's not based on your job. It's not based on what they call you. It's not based on what you've done in your past. But it's written in the book of God. And he wants to whisper it into your ear. And let you know that he has a plan for you. Not a plan to destroy you. But a plan to prosper you. And to give you a blessed life. Jacob held on. I'm not letting go. Somebody say it. I'm not letting go. The man said, you got to let go of me. The day's getting ready to break. You're going to see it in a brand new light. You got to let go of me. Jacob said, I can't. I'm not letting go. Because I don't feel any different. I'm not letting go because I, I, I still don't understand. I'm not letting go because I need you to bless me. He already had the blessing. He was already living in it. He was already the next in line. Come on, he was already in it, but he didn't understand who he was. Because all of his life, he's working, trying to become who he thought he should be. He's working to try to have what he thought he should have. Let me tell you something, money don't dictate success. It don't dictate purpose. The only thing that can do that is knowing who you are in God. I need you to bless me. But what he was saying was, I need you to tell me who I am. Because I've been feeling like I'm living under somebody else's blessing. I feel like I'm living under somebody else's anointing. I feel like I'm living somebody else's life. I need to hear it for myself. He said, what's your name? And it's quiet in here. 
believe Jacob looked down and said, My name's Jacob. He's like, No. Your name's not going to any longer be Jacob. It's going to be Israel. Because as a prince, you have power with God. When the Lord reached to bless him, he gave him a new name. He didn't name him for his past. He named him for his future. Because it was through the lineage of Jacob that Israel would be born. Come on, it's through the lineage of Jacob that the Messiah would come. Amen. It's no accident this morning that Matt read that verse of Scripture. Amen. Out of uh, um, the book of Numbers. It's no accident. He says, surely there is no enchantment against who? Against Jacob. Amen. There's nothing that the enemy could do to destroy the word of God over Jacob. Amen. But Jacob's running for his life. And Jacob's trying to cheat to get ahead. And Jacob's trying to, trying to do what he can to become the blessing and to become the blessed. Come on. He's trying to do it on his own. And he's trying to do what he can to make up for his past and the decisions that he made. But all the time, the Lord's trying to say, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises against you, I will condemn. For that is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, if you need a word from God this morning, I'm here to tell you God's got a plan for your future. He's got good things in store for you. He's got a new name and he's got the power to bring it to pass. Stand with me all around the building. Lift your hands to the Lord and just bless him right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, there's no enchantment against Jacob. There's no accusation he can cast on Jacob. There's no enchantment that he can cast on Jacob to change the word of God for his life. It's already been spoken. Our future rests upon the revelation of an empty tomb. Our future rests upon the revelation of an empty tomb. Jesus Christ came and lived a sinless life. How many know that he was the blessed of the Lord? Come through the loins of Jacob. Born as a man. Lived as a man. Tempted as a man. But yet without sin. He became the spotless lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world.
slain for the sins of all mankind. He was buried in a tomb. Elbow your neighbor and tell him he was buried. And he was in that tomb for three days. But on the third day, I believe long before uh, men woke out of their beds, something began to stir in the tomb. And the Lord come back to get his body. The stone rolled away. Jesus resurrected from the grave. My Bible tells me eyewitnesses, over 500 people saw him at one time. Resurrected. Our, our, our salvation and our future, it rests upon that revelation that he died for me and he was raised from the dead so that I could live a resurrected life through his name. It's not Josh Chrisman is the name that you need. It's not Dale Smith. It's not Charlie Hart. It's not Zach Anderson. It's Jesus Christ. In that name shall all the nations of the world be blessed. When he spoke the revelation to Abraham, Jesus said, Abraham saw my day. Abraham saw my day, and he was glad. He rejoiced in it. Amen. It was the revelation that came through Jesus Christ that every one of us have access to the blessing and the heritage of God. We are heirs to God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That I have been adopted into the family of God. Not as an adopted son, but as a son of God. Man, what love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. You're more than what you're living. Amen. I want to tell you this morning, you're more than what you're living. You're settling for less. You're settling for the value of a bowl of beans when you should be living like a king's son. Amen. If you're here this morning and you can't get past what you've done or where you've been, you can't get past be, being that person that you are within yourself and you've worked and you've tried, you've labored and you've tried to become something more, you've tried to do it yourself, this morning is the time where you lay down your effort. You pick up his. You pick up his sacrifice and his cross and his name. Come on. I've been buried in the name of Jesus Christ. My sins no longer exist. They are as far from me as east is from the west. I've been resurrected in my spirit through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I have been baptized into the body of Christ, into his church by the Spirit of God. I am part of the family. It's time to start living like it. It's time to become who God has purposed for you to be.
If you're here this morning and you're living a life of crisis, you're living an identity crisis, you don't know who you are. You don't know what you're doing. You're confused about where you're at. You're confused about wh what you're doing. You're, uh, every day of your life, you, you kind of just go wherever the wind blows you. That's not the purpose of God for your life. God has an answer for, answer for you this morning. Somebody say amen. Just lift your hands and pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that you would touch every person under the sound of my voice. No man comes to God except the Spirit draws him. I pray, Lord, that you would begin to draw, Lord. God, that you would pull us close to you today. I pray that you would whisper in the ear of every person. Speak to the heart, God, of every person. And let them know it's not over just because they're up against it. It's not over because it's hard. It's not over just because they failed that you have a future for them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you have a desire this morning to reach for your future, I want you to get out of your seat. I want you to run to this altar. And I want you to call in the name of the Lord right now and say, Lord, I'm reaching for you, God. I want to get a hold of you the way that you got a hold of me. I haven't understood why things have gone the way they've gone or why I've had to go through what I've gone through. I don't understand it, Lord, but I understand that you have a word over my life. And I understand that one word spoken, Lord, can change it forever in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, nobody's reaching for their future. Nobody's reaching for their future. You're going to settle for where you're at and what you have. Come on, church. There's got to be a response to the word of the Lord. God, I want what you have for me. God, I want everything, Lord. I want everything that you've purposed, God. I'm not going to trade it. I'm not going to trade it for a bowl of beans. I'm going to cherish it, Lord. I'm going to wait on it. I'm going to walk in it, God. Speak a word to me that, that further solidifies the revelation of who you are in my life. That tells me who I am in the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm reaching for my future. reaching for what you have for me. Come on, is there any Jacobs in the house that are tired of being Jacob and want to be Israel? Are there any sons in the house that are tired of living like Jacob when they should be walking like Israel? Is there anybody in the house today that wants more for your life, more for your family, more for your children, more for your future? name of Jesus. Stand on his word for your life. Walk in it. Live in it. He's got purpose for you. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.